There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. So this isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Hi, this is Sean Cahill, and you're listening to that UFO podcast. In our obsession with antagonisms of the moment, we often forget how much unites all the members of humanity. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? What could be more alien to the universal aspirations of our peoples than war and the threat of war? Hi, everyone, and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy, and joining me on the show today is regular co-host Dan. Dan, how are we doing tonight? Hey, I'm great, Andy. It's good to be back. Yes, it is. It's uh, not been too long since we last recorded, and there's a, a few shows being recorded over the next couple of weeks, which I'm very excited about. One of them, um, getting straight into it, the, the roundtable you'll be involved in. That um, actually, I hadn't properly announced it, but I suppose I could just mention it now because we're going to be doing it with... Uh, well, uh, do you know what, Dan? Why don't you announce it? Am I allowed to? Okay. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't afraid. I'll just clear my throat. Um, I know. Do you know, I hadn't we'll even be... thought about doing that. Like, but yeah, go, go on. We'll, we'll be doing a roundtable with uh, Jeremy McGowan and uh, Sean Cahill, uh, which is very exciting. We can't talk about too much of what we'll be talking about at the minute. Even I don't fully know that yet, but uh, that'll be exciting. Uh, Sean's a really cool guy. Jeremy has jumped headfirst into the, the UAP topic since he appeared on the podcast back last summer as well. Um, and obviously yourself, three, three, three cool guys having a cool chat about uh, UAPs and other such things. So yeah, looking forward to that one. Just a heads up for listeners as well, uh, as if you don't already know, because I've been blabbing on about it enough on social media, but um, Lou Elizondo will be recording with me this coming Thursday, which I'm very excited about, of course. Your questions have came in by the bucket load, which I really appreciate. I've just been sharing some of them with Dan uh, as we went through before. Do you know what's been the coolest thing? Uh, I've had quite a few people private message me that I've got to be very wary to try and not ask Lou anything that will have him not answer uh, and bring up his NDA. So I'm being very careful, folks, uh, as best I can to ask Lou some questions that he can answer to the best of his ability. So I am already on that one, but thank you for the messages. And of course, the day after, I have Avi Loeb as well, who's been doing the media rounds. Um, he has a book coming out on, I believe, the 26th of January, but I'll discuss that with him on the podcast. Avi is a professor at Harvard, and he uh, famously has been discussing the Oumuamua, I believe, Dan, is that still right? That's Oumuamua? right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Dan we we know this time. <laughs> we, we do know this time, yeah. Uh, it's not the Judy Trudy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Oumuamua, object that passed through the solar system back in, what was it, 2017 now? Um, and Avi uh, is obviously a very smart, intelligent individual who's came out and said, you know what, this probably was a, an extraterrestrial visitor. Who knows? But we'll be discussing that and more with Avi um, uh, later on in the week as well. So please keep those questions coming over. I'm going to give people 24 hours from now. So uh, you'll have till Tuesday, the 19th of January, to email me the question uh, for Avi or Lou or both to ufouapam at gmail.com. It's going to be an interesting, a very exciting week. So thank you to everyone who's, who's sent over questions so far for those shows. The show this week is going to be the Room 101 listener submissions. We got so many of those for the roundtable with Gaucho and Dave from Shadows Magazine that we could not get them all into the show. I mean, we got about four of them in once we'd finished discussing the, the past guest submissions. So we kept them for a third show. 
and me and Dan are going to run through them in a bit of a quick fire format. Before we get to that, though, Dan, a um, little bit of news from this week, which is nice to see the last couple of weeks. There's been some more regular updates coming out. The first one, now, I say nice news. It's not really nice because as a bit of a TTSA fanboy, um, I, I don't feel it's right to say former fanboy just yet. Um, TTSA finally put out the statement we've been expecting a couple of days ago to confirm that uh, Chris Mellon, Steve Justice, and the aforementioned Lou Elizondo have all parted company with Two Stars Academy. So not unexpected. We knew this was coming, just given Lou's interview with John uh, Greenwald and some of the statements and comments he was making online. What are your thoughts then on, on Lou and co departing Two Stars? If you're just joining us after a, a bit of an edit there, it's because... I got tongue-tied and the microphone fell down on Andy's side. Uh, so there was a, a little bit of editing there to do. Yeah, um, and that, that's not to to downplay the, the quality of the equipment and the, the, the studio. Let's just say that I, I shouldn't have been twiddling certain parts of the equipment while trying to record the podcast at all. <laughs> it's very unprofessional and it uh, fell down. So, yeah, my bad. We'll get you a fidget spinner. I need, yeah, yeah, I don't know because I'll just make a horrible noise during recording. Oh, that's true. That is true. Um, so we were talking about the TTSA news. Um, it's, it's really interesting that uh, Chris Liu and Steve are now separated. Um, for, for a while, there's been, you know, a lot of speculation about the information coming out of TTSA because Tom always came at it from a very entertainment heavy uh, perspective. Um, and the Secret Machines books were always said to con- contain some truth and some uh, fiction. Whereas now when we look at what Lou does in the future, that question will not be there at all. The yeah. only thing he's dealing in now is infotainment. Um, that's as far as it will go. It will be facts um, in terms of, you know, making a fictional Hollywood film about Secret Machines, you know, Lou won't have anything to do with that and I, I think that'll be advantageous for him uh, going forward. He made the point very quickly and, and earnestly earnestly that himself and Chris and Steve are not entertainers and Unidentified had a purpose which he feels it served. The show itself was successful. Disappointed it looks like we're, we're not going to get that season three. Um, obviously Anthony LePay back when I interviewed him talked about that season three could have uh, contained material that was never used previously, such as the the NASA officials that had contacted them or people who worked at NASA with information that they wouldn't go on the record with, which was a, a nice tease, but we might not see that come to light now. Um, but yeah, and I, I get Lou's point of view. He's never came across as the sort of guy who, who courts the attention, who craves media. And even though he's now starting to do some more media, which is great, he did bring up interestingly... And he actually went out of his way to mention this at the start of the the Black Vaults uh, meeting, uh, meeting interview with him, that he wasn't receiving the requests that others and John Greenwald were making through the representation that Tom had to to give those requests over to himself and potentially others and basically made out, as you know, that, I mean, it, it was it's Tom DeLong's wife, isn't it, that... That does that handles that for two of the stars, so it seems that they weren't getting those media requests. But it seems to have been very amicable that the the separation very much seems to be that of two parents splitting up but agreeing to share custody of the children, uh, and they're still on talking terms. Um, <laughs> but Lou, Lou just seems that classy individual, as I'm sure Steve and, and Chris would have been as well. That it, it was a case of look, we've got to a point, we've achieved a lot, but the time has come where we both have different ways we want to go with this. And Lou felt it best served to leave TTSA and to pursue those avenues via different methods that we don't totally know what those are going to be yet. But we do know he's staying involved in the topic, which is only going to be a benefit, as you say, to be other people, isn't it? It was actually a uh, Carrie DeLong. That's uh, Tom's sister. No, his, Apologies, his wife. yeah. He, he makes a lot of jokes about that kind of thing, so I can understand the, the confusion. Um yeah, it, it's nice that that's not a barrier now. Where do you see Lou and Chris and Steve going from here? Do you think those three are going to stay together as as a small group themselves and work together still on this subject? Do you think they'll go their separate ways? A lot of people have, have looked at potentially going back into some sort of government involvement 
what what are your thoughts on that? It's all purely rumour at this point, anyway. I I think I can see definitely Chris and Lou sticking together. Um, you know, they they've worked a lot together. Um, I'm not sure how much Steve Justice has been involved um, in the day to day behind the scenes. So I could see him perhaps going off and doing something else. Um, but it's great to know that the subject has his ear and interest anyway, because he, he's a very qualified individual um, who can open some doors for the, for the guys if they need to talk to people. Absolutely. And obviously later in the week, I'll be speaking with Lou, see what more information may or may not come out at that point regarding TTSA and, and moving forward, what Lou's plans are. But uh, I look forward to speaking with him. Other news, uh, we talked about the round table with yourself, Jeremy and Sean. Now, Jeremy and Sean have posted on their social media platforms that they are off on a bit of a road trip. Um, Jeremy, for a while now, has been building his own Skyhub platform. And he is very coolly, I must say, but much to the chagrin of his, his wife, as I've found out, um, converted one of the, his cars. The other back of it has the Skyhub itself within the car. So it's out, out of the roof, which is great and also makes it mobile as well. Now, Jeremy and Sean uh, have posted that they are working on an untitled project with It's Redacted and also the I Believe in Humans podcast are part of this as well. They've not talked in too much more detail about what they're doing, where they're heading off to, um, but you did design the logo um, for the, the vehicle and the project as well, haven't you? Um, Osiris, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Um, Jeremy contacted me a while before Christmas um, <clears throat> and asked if I'd be interested in kind of helping them out. Um, and I thought, I mean, yeah, there's no way I'm going to pass up that opportunity. Um, so he, he gave me a bit of a brief, um, which was pretty much, you know, the, the name, the tire. Um, and then I kind of had, this guy was the limit. Um, so yeah, I put that together over a few weeks and it was amazing to be able to send it to him. Um, and I'm, it's very, very satisfying to see that someone's happy with something like that when you made it for them, you know. Yeah, and it hot off the press, I did uh, send Sean a message and just ask, uh, obviously, safe driving for him and Jeremy, um, how things were going. And I've just let us know that initial Skyhub and Osiris tests are complete, and they're currently in the southern portion of Wyoming, headed towards their first destination. That's all we know so far. So very much look forward to keeping on top of that and getting further updates from uh, John, uh, Sean and Jeremy as part of that as well. So yeah, lots of interesting stuff to come. But on to the listener submissions for Room 101. So folks, Room 101, part one and part two, both available with Gaucho, Dan and Dave. A lot of fun to record. And it was your chance to talk about the things in UFOlogy and with UAPs that annoy you within the subject and decide, you know what, is it just, does it annoy you? Or did we agree, did the guys agree that they would send it to Room 101 and delete it from UFOlogy forever? So just as a bit of a quick fire, myself and Dan are going to run through some more of your listener submissions and bring up some of the gripes you have with the topic, with the subject, and do we feel we should get rid or keep them within the topic? Is it going to be for the best? So the first Can one... I just do something before we get started? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, during the show, I voted to, uh, to, to put science into Room 101, and I, I think we all did. Um, and it's not going to make a difference. We can't bring it back out, but I just wanted the record to show that I've changed my mind since. <laughs> no, I'm going to edit that bit out. You can't, you can't be changing your mind. Once it's, once it's consigned, it's consigned. Unburn it. Yeah. Um, there, there, there were some controversial opinions in there as well. And you know what? I think this is a, a good example in what we recorded before and what the listeners got involved with of what Lou Elizondo is talking about with regards to infotainment. You are being able to educate people and share people's opinions on the subject in an entertaining manner. And it's just how you frame the discussion and frame the subject. Uh, and do you know what? It never hurts with a bit of entertainment these days because there are a lot going on in the world, which isn't particularly pleasant. However, this subject is wild and crazy and incredible as it is. There's a lot to discuss. And this sort of framing of it, allows us to do that in a quick format as well. So the first one up is from Dave Smethurst. Uh, Dave had a bit of a late suggestion, but he wanted to consign and delete from ufology. People say they are not debunking something just before they go on to try and debunk it. And he does say he can't think who does that. Uh, but yeah, so people saying that they're not debunking something, but then go on to debunk it, Dan. 
it's it's pretty much the no offense but and then going on to offend someone of ufology right yeah. um so yeah throw it in and and there's so much arguing around this as well and even recently i've talked about some of the things i've posted on my feed and and listeners more and more these days and i really appreciate this on various platforms will post me footage or a link and sometimes i share those on the page just to ask people's thoughts and some people can get so upset with a piece of footage or a picture and just share your thoughts on it if you know for a fact a piece of footage or a picture has been let's just use the word debunked or you know proven to be or identified given you know what we're saying these are unidentified flying objects we're not claiming they are flying saucers per se but if it's been identified or you know for a fact then share that information if you think it's something else absolutely come in and state what you think and why because it's more likely to be that than two greys in a flying saucer just hovering over the beach somewhere but we don't know but that's why we're involved in this subject isn't it that there are some images and some videos that do just get the mind going a little bit and make you think and and make you wonder yeah absolutely um something else to be said about this as well is that a lot of people you know a lot of videos uh, an example that i brought up earlier when we were speaking before the podcast was uh the the ball lightning going across the train tracks mm-hmm. um that kind of you know zaps a few things as it as it goes um and that that comes up often i often see people showing that as evidence of ball lightning but it was a fake video however the guy didn't make it as a hoax he did it as a bit of practice cgi uploaded it somewhere online and then people have taken it and kind of twisted it so <clears throat> you know there's no ill intent there from the creator um they didn't create a hoax they just did an exercise to improve their skill um so if you know something like that like andy said you got to kind of just share it and do it in a way that's just not for lack of a better word dickish yeah no that's fine and do you know what <laughs> to move on to the next point uh, mark monroe posted imbeciles posting clearly fake footage now let's that that fits in well with what we've just discussed i ag- <laughs> i agree with the proviso that it's people posting videos on YouTube of a clearly CGI'd saucer. And uh, there's one particular I always remember landing in some sort of field. Someone's filming it from a couple of hundred feet away, a couple of hundred yards. I don't know what metric you're listening to this that you know. And two clearly CGI looking aliens come down a ramp, wander about and then go back up. Now that's fake. But like you say, if that's someone who's created that for some science project or, you know, for something to do with school or they're just messing about with a new bit of software they've got, then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. What annoys me is when it's posted with the comment of proof that aliens exist or here is real footage. Or, aliens. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff where it's like, that's annoying because it doesn't help, does it? And there's so much good quality or interesting footage out there we don't need that and that to me is the detrimental stuff when people post things saying this is clearly this or this is clearly that you don't know that but it's, it's just trying to decide what what's what within that as well so that i would i would totally bend that and put that to room 101 it, it's a good point to mention um there's been a show running called uh, the proof is out there um that tim mcmillan and jay benias um chase koleski uh you know they, they've appeared on um, and they basically just take all sorts of videos from the internet and just vet them. Um, and some of them need vetting. Some of them stray away, you know, they kind of just call out the hoax. But yeah. at no point do they laugh. They just explain why it's wrong and why it's a hoax, how they identified it, and they move on. I, I think we can all learn a lesson from that. Absolutely. And it's just the age we live in now. It's 2021. If you're listening to this in the future and, you know, we don't have YouTube and all that kind of stuff anymore, then probably great. But it's got a really good purpose and it, it has a lot of great content on there as well. But like with anything, it can be used for bad as well. And we've seen a lot of that in the media with social social media, particularly in the last couple of weeks. Uh, next one was Mike Tipping and he just said swamp gas. Now, my first exposure to the whole swamp gas UFO phenomenon was watching the original Men in Black movie back in the 90s uh, when they talk about, you know, swamp glass reflecting off of the clouds and Venus and the atmosphere and they make up this whole nonsense spiel before they zap them, you know, with a mind eraser. So swamp gas as a thing does exist and, you know, but it's it's such a, a nothing argument and it's it's not one we really hear too much these days anyway. As I'd be happy to bin that. What about you, Dan? 
I think we should bin it. Um, Heineck infamously says that uh, it, it's his biggest regret that he ever brought that up. He brought it up as more of a curiosity as opposed to a, a very conclusive fact. Um, so yeah, let's bin it. Let's get rid of it. And it's in the very good Project Blue Book series as well on that was on Sci-Fi that's currently looking for a new home. Hopefully someone picks it up because that those ended two on seasons, a really big cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> the, the two seasons were really good and the second season I thought was far better than the first and I really enjoyed the first as well. Um, well they, they got to plot it out, right? Um, yeah. And I, I think they plotted the third season at the same time as they plotted the second. So I'd be eager for them to just get one final season. Absolutely. Happens. But Heineck in that, as, as a character, even though he's being caricatured, it's very much based on him as a person and a lot of the events that happened. But th- that whole swamp gas argument comes up in the first series early on. He mentions, oh, it could be swamp gas. But then later he is told to explain something he's clearly seen as being, you know, extraterrestrial or otherworldly as swamp gas. And even he just, as you say, he blows it off as he can't believe he's been told to say that. So totally, yep, with you on that one, Mike. Um, the next one I'm going to pass over to you, Dan, to explain. But uh, Linda Noyes, she said anthropocentricity, which I did have to ask you what that meant. So that's about seeing everything from a very human point of view. Um, I always think of it when um, we talk about the the conquistadors uh, getting to uh, Central America um, and South America and, you know, kind of ending the Mayans. Um, people always think of us meeting another species. They think that that will end in the same way. But we could say that it's a very anthropocentric viewpoint to think that way. You're just thinking of it um, in terms of what humans do and how we interact and how how we get on with each other, how we solve problems, how we would potentially communicate with another species. And that's, yeah, exactly. we don't know that would go any way like that at all. So yeah, totally agree with that one. And that's similar along yeah, the lines I of trying so to study it from a scientific point of view. I think that was a really good point that David Marceau brought up in the original 101 show where at first it sounds a bit crazy to bin science, but what he was trying to say was, science is very human a lot of it and it's how we study things and how we understand it what if that's not how another race or how another set of beings work or what if to them it's really 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 primitive that it's like you know almost like cave drawings to them cave paintings we don't know but hopefully we find out yeah absolutely Uh, it speaks to the point about being aware of our biases as well um you, you know there are kind of cognitive biases that our brains do um always in everyday life and if you're someone that's thinking I'm not I don't fall for that then that means that you are someone that falls for that so just try and be aware of those biases um yeah and that's something I try and promote especially on the social media feeds but with a show as well as it's, it's healthy debate uh, the next one blue shift radio at blue shift radio sent in cattle mutilations they don't make any sense and separately all videos of moving orbs and pictures without multiple credible eyewitnesses they're too easy to fake and all, in general, all videos that don't include at least one of the TTSA observables. Um, and and we're going to, I'm going to qualify this because there might be people bringing this up. And, and, and you've mentioned this before. And Lou Elizondo himself has said this. He did not invent the five observables. That's not copyrighted from Lou Elizondo. That has been about for some time. It's just been brought to the forefront more, as, as Lou discussed it in recent years as well. But yeah, so the first one, cattle mutilations. A really interesting part of ufology that still sticks around to this day. Most recently, we saw uh, incidents um, more or less on camera uh, through the Skinwalker Ranch series, didn't Dan? Well, I, I don't want to get rid of something that doesn't make sense because a lot of this phenomena doesn't make sense in a traditional way. Um, what I would like is all of the data that NIDS and Bigelow had on cattle mutilations so we can start getting into that um, and trying to figure it out and bring some sense to it. And I suppose what we're, what we're not saying is we don't want to get rid of cattle mutilations because that is not a pleasant experience for the animals, I'm sure, but just the, the, the incident, the event itself, you know, the mystery around it, definitely keep that. Uh, however, um, uh, Blue Shift Radio also said videos about moving orbs. Now, let's take the moving orbs video. I'm always a little wary of these because so many of them do look like dust moving around or, you know, balls of lint and, you know, 
not to start sounding like a debunker, but you see so many of those. Some of them, these things do seem to move with a level of independence you wouldn't expect it. That's just the wind that's caught it. But they're they're very hard to, you know, because what are they? It's just a, a ball on the screen and it, it, it tends to be dark in the background and it is night vision sometimes on these. And I, I, But I know the Bledsoe's talk a lot about orbs and I've seen a lot of pictures and videos from them as well. I'm, I'm always wary of the, the orb situation, not to say they don't exist. Do, do you think there could be an orb video that you find convincing? Like if I was filming it, and someone else is filming it and you could see them in the shot and the orb was in between us kind of zipping around would that be a good orb video for example it sounds like you do have that as a video and they're going to send i don't have that i wish i had that (laughs) um but but just as an example yeah potentially but then this i'm going to argue with myself here that i've made the point before that just because i struggle to see how that could be genuine doesn't mean it's not because what would an orb look like I have never seen an orb in front of me, you know? Um, yeah, but I, I guess it it's, speaks to what I said about just because something doesn't make sense, we can't dismiss Exactly, it. yeah. And it, it's hard. And again, so many of those videos, and we've all seen kind of nighttime videos and night vision and, you know, cheap baby monitors. And you do see like little bits of lint and whatever in there floating about and just how it's picked up on camera. But yeah, for, for me, it, they don't do much for me in terms of the subject. As, as things I find interesting. Um, because, again, not much happens off the back of them either. It's it's just, it's there, and it's, you know, if it is a thing, then then great. I, I, would, I would bin that to Room 101, personally, just given what I've seen and not something I've done too much digging into, to be honest, though. What about you? Um, I'm going to pop them in as well, uh, ju- just because... <clears throat> we're talking about the old videos that are around now right like if if i could put a camera in four corners of the room and film an old video and we could figure out depth and how fast this thing was going and prove it wasn't an insect then that's a different kind of video in in terms of what we're talking about just nondescript single source really hard to kind of see and make out yeah you know they're, they're we we have really compelling stuff to talk about we we don't need that necessarily sorry if you're Even really into, to, into your orbs i'm going to apologize to the last i mean i i love i love what the bledsoe's post um i've saved every single picture that ryan's ever posted i absolutely love them um but until you know i go there and i take a picture for myself they are just pictures that ryan's sharing you know i i, I really like the story and i am convinced that something's happening but so they can't though, prove that they're real for me that's different with the bledsoe's there is a testimony to it and there are multiple experiences, multiple events, more things happening round about. There's clearly sure. something, you know, special or particular about that family that these are part of a whole as opposed to when I'm talking about a picture of an orb or a video of an orb that someone has. It's, yeah, but so for me, the Bledsoe is totally different um, just given the volume of them as well. Uh, but yeah, no. Have you ever seen a film called, um, I think it's Capturing the Light? Um, it's on Amazon. It's it's fairly short. Um, I can't remember the subject's name in the video now, but she she was really fascinating. She has a lot of old videos um, that are in that documentary, and there are some that have just a really really crazy overwhelming amount of orbs in them. Um, so if you're interested, I'd say go me. go have go go have a gander and have a watch of that. See I, might, I, I might have to do that. Know. Yeah. You have told me about that before, yeah. So that's that's a good recommendation from Dan for your listeners. Uh, next one is Tara, regular listener, Patreon as well. Um, Tara just added the word disclosure. She's had enough already, and she says everyone knows. So she's coming from it, the point of view of we have disclosure. It's out there, and I suppose it goes along with the, the theory and what people subscribe to, and it's a process, and we are on the process right now. It's happening. Disclosure's happened. And I suppose that's something Lou Elizondo again brought up in recent interviews that, you know, we've had the the US Navy, the Department of Defense confirm that these objects, UFOs, UAPs, they exist, they are real. And it's the, the classic interview with Lou of the, what is that? So the questions have changed now. We've got the acknowledgement. We actually have disclosure. What we don't have is the, the UFO on the White House lawn. 
and it would not be a good time for anything to land on the White House lawn, given what's going on in the in the news. So we're not going to get Wait, that. Won't. Yeah, we're not going to get that sort of a disclosure. It doesn't seem. But for me, we're, we're on the path to it. So I don't know. I, I would keep disclosure. I wouldn't want to send it to Room 101, though. Don't know about you, Dan, though, with, with what Tana says there. I kind of want to put it in. Only, only because we we have this conversation about it being an event or a process so much that I think that the words just out there in the world meaning different things to other people different people so it's really hard for us to you know both point at an object and know that it's a, a rock for example if someone else said that word means something different um so it would be nice to get rid of it and replace it with something tidier a little bit like I don't UFO know change to UAP and does the yeah. mili- does the military or will this UAP task force report have an alternative to what disclosure is uh, as a process? Yeah, you you got it exactly. We we need some kind of fancy new language. I, I don't know what. Maybe maybe your listeners could send uh, suggestions. Yeah, tag Dan, tag myself, email, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Yeah, let us know what what you would call it. Um, this one I think is going to be quick. Uh, UK UAP. Uh, Corey Good. Nuff said. Yep, Ben. I, um, when you're sending in suggestions, don't send in Ascension or anything Corey Goodish. Um, yeah. And now you've wrote Corey Good. Um, yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but utter nonsense. Yeah, that's just preying on some vulnerable people. One one day he's going to make he's going to make a really good like sci-fi movie. But if you hear him speak, he describes storyboards like. He, he's not describing something that's in his head. He's he's describing something that he's imagining to tell people. Yeah, one of those people that has has made a lot of money off of this as well, um, and very 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 few people do. And it, I'm sorry to say that almost all of those have done it for the wrong reasons as well. Maybe they were in it for the right reasons at the beginning, but something changed, and usually it's that dollar or pound sign, isn't it? Um, so yeah, yeah. Been, been that and that whole that whole cult almost, if you want to call it, are those those types of people. Um, the next one, uh, Frank Milburn, uh, unfounded paranoid conspiracy theories lacking any evidence to support them without a basis in reality. Oh, that goes well with Cody Good. Um, that go against established <laughs> data and that demonstrate ignorance, political bias, lack of common sense, and critical reasoning skills on the part of those propounding them. Uh, Yeah, we'll keep that. Um, However, let's move on to discuss uh, Frank's second one, not automatically assuming that ex-military and or intelligence people are part of the cover-up. Yeah, even even outside of ex-military, people get accused of being part of cover-ups, right? Um, You know, there's been a few examples. For Jay from Project Unity, you know, he's never been in the military. Um, and if I remember correctly, he was accused of being part of a cover-up or some conspiracy once. Um, and, you know, he wore it like a badge of honor because you got to kind of got it, take it with a pinch of salt and yeah. find the humor in it. Um, but I totally agree. Like that stuff needs to go. Like you, you can't just assume someone's part of a conspiracy when they come forward. But at the same time, I understand that years and years of kind of Half truths have have led to a kind of reaction to not believe anything that anyone associated with the government says. So while um, I understand it, yeah, yeah, totally. And I think now as well, people have access to so much information. Watching again the the classic David Bowie video from the nineties, where he talks about the internet. I know it's been doing the rounds online recently, and David Bowie thirty years ago now discusses what the internet is and what it will become at the time it's basically it was it was AOL message boards and you know Star Trek fans discussing stuff over long distance and he basically talks about how it's just going to become this this bank of knowledge and people interacting and sharing experiences and people like me and you Dan being able to have this conversation and talk to all these people you know we're, we're not you're not celebrities, you don't have to have a TV show or a radio station anymore to do this kind of stuff. And the wealth of information that's online is incredible, but also the problem because so much of it is nonsense. 
and it's so hard to disseminate the really good material from the poor and people just make up their own minds and that's not always the individual's fault so so yeah the whole conspiracy theory thing it doesn't matter what you do now you can go find an argument to the contrary and it's you know one of my favorite movies if not my favorite movie of all times the dark knight and it's the when when bruce wayne and Alfred are talking about, you know, the Joker and trying to find out his motive. And Alfred says to him, you know, some people just want to watch the world burn. So that that's it. It's, there's no rhyme or reason to to why people perpetrate one ideology or theory over another. They just do it because they want to, whether it's right or wrong. Not to, you know, make that a political statement or commentary. However, that's it, there's just conspiracy theories for everything now. And it just gets so, so murky and wound up and in this topic, given what we're discussing, which in itself is just the most incredible thing, in my opinion, which is why I've got a podcast on it, you're always going to have that element of it as well. And that's not to say some of those things that we talk about now as conspiracy theories aren't actually correct or turn out to be correct or valid down the line. Some of them, not all of them, who knows? Um, like I say, we could all... We go- should, like <clears throat> science, we should separate theories and hypotheses just to drive home the ones that actually have evidence for them and the ones that are just posted on a forum in the middle of the internet that have no bearing on reality. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm happy to bin that uh, because at the end of the day, like I keep saying, we could all be wrong, but only only one person or one theory is going to be right in the end, potentially, encompassing a lot of aspects to it, no doubt. Um, the, the fakers Marisol Brun put on, yep, that's something we've been discussing. Um Beachcomber touched on something mentioned earlier to see an end to officials saying phenomena, experience, and trustworthy witnesses talking about Venus, Jupiter, or lights from squid boats, etc. So that's fine. As we've just discussed, a mega point talked about certainty because you cannot be certain in this topic. No one knows. Um, so uh, Lucio Linné, wasting our time gathering and examining evidence of UAPs that isn't usable for scientific study, photos from someone's cell phone or a bloody light. I mean, yeah, I, I can't disagree. It, any evidence is good evidence, um, but I would refer people to the wonderful Shadows of Your Mind magazine um, and the feature with uh, Chase Klowetsky, where she literally goes step by step um, through what you kind of need to do, uh, gathering evidence um, if you come across a landed craft or you know, so on and so forth, what's good practice. And Sean Cahill, I, I liked what he put in Room 101 was only having one source. No matter how good the picture or the video might be, if you've only got one source of information, one thing to go on, then it's not really good information. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to bin that as well. Uh, this one from Dan Warren. We do away with anal probing. I'm sure they're examining people. Um, I'm sure if they were examining people, they would check out all the holes, ears, eyes, nose, etc. But the exhaust port seems to get a disproportionate amount of attention from outsiders. And then he's uh, very cleverly used some emojis there. I, I like the term exhaust port. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What, what about the anal probe? Because again, that's that is from classic ufology as well. When you talk about like abductions and cattle mutilations, that's very that's the the 70s 80s 90s handbook isn't it south park famously making fun of that one as well but the whole email yeah. probe things it's one of those sort of i suppose a bit of a stain on ufology pardon the pun um and that's not to say if anyone has had an, a genuine experience or you know contact experience where something physical has happened to them i'm sure it can be harrowing from what some of these abductees discuss but this is one thing that is very, very easy to poke fun at from outsiders, particularly. It, it's always, it's always been something that come across as a bit of a, a joke to me. Um, not, not. I mean, that I mean that it's a joke if it's happened to anyone, but just that it sounds like something that you'd mock someone with, as opposed to something someone explained happened. Um, you know, we hear about all this incredible technology that the others have, and. I, I don't think, you know, if you, if you can do non-invasive surgery through, you know, quantum means or whatever they do, um, then you don't need to, to go via the exhaust port. So it always felt like something you would say to someone like, oh, you know what, they took you up and anal probed you. 
um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to find that it has some uh, some horrible roots. Um, so yeah, throw that in. Totally fair. Next one uh, was Liam Martin, who said, X-Files music on those pieces. Now, I did reply back with no hint of irony. Have you listened to any of my first <laughs> eight shows? And I have started going back and changing those, not to rewrite history, but I first started the podcast and had the X-Files intro music um but it was a bit of a trans version that it was a bit of a homage to coast to coast with the famous you know do 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 i hope that's good podcast good listening for folk me doing that down the the line but that's that's what it sort of reminded me of and that's what i wanted now i've got the the intro which is original piece by andreas freeman style which is awesome i love that with the the speeches and the comments over the top of it and the, the very, very popular outro. I have to get this in because I'm still getting messages and emails about it, which is totally fine. Um, it's Sean Cahill who wrote and recorded that piece of music. You'll find it on YouTube under Minty Hyperspace Goblin Problems. Great piece of music. I love listening to it. And I know listeners who do stick around for the end of the show and listen to the full outro. That's why I ended up including the, the full outro in there and not just a, a little clip of it as well. But yeah, the X-Files music on those pieces, the little green aliens in the middle of centrefolds and newspapers, uh, the big green X when it's a genuine story, especially we get this a lot here in the UK, it does take something away from the legitimacy of it. Yeah, I think so. M much as I grew up with the X-Files and I love it, it does denote, you know, putting the subject in the basement, which is what we don't want, right? It's not the cookie subject in the basement. Um, so whilst I love the theme tune, and for me, it's very nostalgic, and, you know, we can talk about this in a serious manner and love that at the same time. Um, yeah, it's not the best book to lead with, is it? Absolutely. So definitely been that. Dan, side note, favourite X-Files episode or arc? Um, it's got to be the very, very first one I saw late at night, which was uh, episode one of season two, Little Green Men. How about you? At Tombs. Tombs is an yeah, excellent choice. I love the the sliding through the vent and the seal at the goo, and it's they realise it's it's him like changing. Yeah, so not to give too much away for people who might be going, not I mean spoilers. It's twenty five years ago, but uh, yeah, <laughs> go back and watch X Files. Something I might be doing in the near future. I think I might have to do that as well. Um, so yeah, happy to be in that one though. Awesome. So the next one from the weather balloon, uh, people to stop promoting weak and not proven topics such as TR3B, Palladians and Bob Lazar. Now, uh, the Bob Lazar one, I've got my own opinions on. I do lean on the, the side that Bob Lazar was telling the truth or, or mostly there's something to it. However, I have shared my thoughts and you know my pet hate of the whole TR3B, Palladians thing. Again, I'm not saying people are wrong to think that, but it's just that it has no basis of anything for me at all. Um, they said uh, disclosures happening and the UFO community needs to address this matter seriously, credibly, and possibly scientifically also. Um, and he also wants Brandon Fugel to show his evidence on the phenomenon. I'm still eager for uh, for Brandon Google to get that uh, Skinwalker website up to share the data. Um, that that would be wonderful. <laughs> and hopefully Brandon is going to be on the podcast in the near future as well. Uh, we have been DMing, so I am uh, just looking to hopefully get a date arranged. Fine. More than likely before the, the new series starts to preview season two of Skinwalker Ranch. But yeah, would you be? I, I, I'm I'm binning that. I'm sending that straight to Room One Hundred One. The we cannot proven topics like TRTB, Palladians, and yeah, it, yeah. Let's. I mean, it might it, it might be happening again. Let me preface that. I'm not just sitting on the fence. It might be happening. People might know for a fact that there are Palladian races in some star system. Second star on the right and straight until morning. I don't know. However forgive the peter pan reference dan's enjoying um yeah for me that's just it's just saying it with literally no evidence to it at all so yeah absolutely it's a, it's a hard topic we, we to again we've got better things to be speaking about and to be studying and yeah we we don't really need that stuff and it goes yeah uh it's possible too 
last couple here, folks. It's possible too. Um, there's an anti-science rhetoric in UFO culture that needs to leave. Science is good. It is dogma that is bad. Scientific dogma is keeping science from accepting UFOs. Unfortunately, many in this community reject science and critical thinking in general. Given you've been science, Dan, do you want to? Hey, I, t- <laughs> I, I yeah, I went back on it. So I, I can't really say anything. Um, I, I agree with this one because my initial instinct was to say, yeah, we don't need science, but we, we really do. Um, it, it's a really important arm of study in this topic. Um, so, yeah. But again, you know, Abby Lowe, I will probably speak about it when you speak to him. There, there is a lot of dogma in science. There is I, a lot of, or a lack of curiosity. Um, and we need to bring that back. So science is good, but closed-mindedness and assumptions and dogma bad okay i could go back and edit to you when i first asked you about that one and just clip you saying yep been it from one of the other ones <laughs> right at the start but yeah i'll let dan away with that one um, if, if i see this up later and it's like 10 minutes long and every single answer is me just saying been it in the exact same tone <laughs> yeah it's like a five minute long show um rob watson author uh which is his full twitter handle as well People charging money for access to secret information or to learn how to fill the blanks here is the first thing that tips me off for charlatans. Writing and selling books is fine. Um, Get rid of fake UFO photos and videos. Yeah, they're charging people money for access to information. Um, I disagree with that one as well. Keeping stuff behind a paywall. Patreons on this show get early access. They get ad-free. Um, but if you want to hear the answer to Rob's question, uh, if you sign up to patreon.com forward, I'm just joking, that's it. We're going to discuss the answer here. Yeah, the, the access to secret information thing, because this happens sometimes with us, Dan, where uh, not that Dan charges me money for information, but Dan will mention something. Did you get my seen, bill, actually? <laughs> no, the, the invoice. Dan will mention something he saw in an interview and he'll send me a link and I'll click on it and he'll be like, oh, it's now behind a paywall. Or have you checked this out? He's not had time yet and I go to click on it and again, behind a paywall and it's still not out. And that for me is just like uh, additional content, you know, extended interviews. Absolutely. If people want to do that, you know, people do put work into this topic and subject and any topic and subject where you're doing podcasts, blogs, websites, you know, any of that kind of stuff, that's, that's fine. But when you're literally keeping back especially when you're some of this stuff is advertised as you know top secret military whistleblower comes clean on alien visitation 499 a month or you can't hear it that's that's frustrating yeah absolutely um i i've always said uh, that the truth just isn't going to cost anything you know if if i met another being from another world and my first reaction was to start charging people thousands of pounds to hear the truth. One, I don't think, you know, if I ever do that, you know that I've been kidnapped. If I ever post that to my Twitter, you know I've been kidnapped. That's the sign. Um, and there's just, what would what would the others think about this? You know, if aliens came down and said, go for it, spread the truth, change the world, and then found out that you were charging and limiting your audience, I, I don't think they'd be very happy about that um so yeah i would i would definitely put this in room 101 yeah i mean support your creators support podcasts you listen to um you know support any other form of media how you get your entertainment your information if you can really tough times for everyone but that shouldn't be held back because you can't afford afford to get it so yeah i'm, I'm totally with you and bidding that one as well there, uh, there's an um an angels and it always lyric that comes to mind uh which is uh, do what you want and oh sorry um yeah do what you want i'm not editing this out just edit this one um, gets the, left the, the, there's a really great agents and Airways lyric that goes uh it's all success if it's what you need do what you want and do it honestly and emphasis on the honestly bit you know pe- the world the world will give you success at following your passion if you're honest with people um, so yeah, I, I, I just don't think that anyone barking up that tree and asking for money uh, for spreading truth is going to get very far either. No, absolutely not. Uh, the next one, Peter commented, Nick Pope, that's it. Now, Nick Pope's been talked about enough recently, um, good or bad, you know, Nick Pope, someone I've grown up uh, listening to a lot of, sorry, reading a lot of his stories, 
reading a lot of his, and when I say stories, I mean his actual novels that he wrote, uh, the Operation Lightning Strike and Thunderchild, I, I think are really good, really interesting. Um, the way they're written are quite different as well. Uh, I attended his lecture in Berwick a good few years ago now. That was like seven years ago almost. Um, but obviously more and more recently, there's been a lot of controversy around him within the press and the media and different documents coming out that maybe he did exaggerate or didn't exaggerate his role within the MOD. That's a conversation that's been had already. Um, but yeah, Nick Pope, I am not going to say bin on this one, only because I still think Nick Pope has a place within this, but maybe it's not the same place he had a couple of years ago. Um. In the round table, <clears throat> we didn't put Mick West in, so I'm not putting Nick Pope in. I think I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. Other people I know that will disagree, and I know some of the listeners listening to this just now who tweet about it or message me will be tearing their hair out, demanding that Nick Pope be thrown in. But now nah, we'll, we'll leave Nick Pope. We'll spare him for now. Um, <laughs> and he was very nice to speak to. He's very personable as well. The I like this one. I, I should probably finish on this one, but I think there's a few more to go still. Um, KK Nichols, I wouldn't get rid of anything. Life is collective and progress comes with mutual acceptance. With that said, disinformation agents spoil my blood. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they still got the, the disinformation agents in there as well. But yeah, not getting rid of anything. That's absolutely fair. Um, oh, I like this one. So we'll go for two more. Dan, first, uh, uh, second last, uh, Adam uh, at UFO Curious. President Eisenhower meeting with ETs. It's in the Hangar 1 series for some reason, and Mufon regarding it as fact makes the whole series lack credibility. It's it's kind of one of these almost founding myths of ufology, isn't it? You want um, it to be real. You 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 and I like most of this, and I've I've never had this. Like there's so much you want to be real. You want every picture, every video to be ah bang, skinny bob, hundred percent real. But there's that thing in the back yeah. of your mind telling you no. And until until there is more evidence to back up that it happened, then it's got to just sit in the grey pile. There's nowhere else I can put it. But you... I'm not sure whether that means I want to burn it <laughs> for it in 101. So I personally... I, I think it's worth pulling the threads on still. Yeah, um, I would leave it out of Room 101 just because the idea that a president did meet with ETs, there's no smoke without fire for for me with a lot of this topic. And yeah, I, I would leave that one out. It would be nice if Mufon could uh, could highlight the, that fact, though, um, as opposed to saying that it's definitely real. Um it belongs as a as a story of intrigue on history, as opposed to a, a organization like Move On saying this is a real thing. Yeah, and the last one. Oh, this is hard to say. Philly guy four four four. People who tie in politics with the ufology. I'm not going to read some of the rest of the the quote. That's that's on his on his Twitter. However, yeah, people tying in politics and ufology for me, absolutely keep them separate. Even though. I say that the the government are now like are not playing a large part, particularly the US government, in pushing forward the UAP bill through the Senate, the, the task force report. The government is now intrinsically tied in with this subject, which is surprising because a few years ago that would have been crazy to think. But leaving other politics out of this altogether, for me, I don't think this is a subject that it's going to matter who the president is necessarily. I think this sort of goes above and beyond that. I think it is more for discussion at high levels, and those discussions are are thankfully now happening in the the corridors of power, particularly in the United States. I mean, I can't disagree with any of that, <laughs> and that's why I have you on as a co-host. Then I would take someone <laughs> to come on and disagree with me. I, I joke. I joke. But yeah, do you see the change of power? Obviously, as we record this, Joe Biden takes over as president in a couple of days' time. Um, do you see that affecting anything at all? Uh, it's it's already happening. The report's going to come out. And uh, interestingly, he's just re- uh, replaced or has appointed an interim temporary secretary of defence, which is also the, right, yeah. the same guy who is heading up the UAP task force. 
he's le- less heading up and more kind of overseeing. Um, right. It's more like kind of if you've got a project going, uh, he's the team manager that you report how the project's going to. Um, but I mean, still, that's amazing. Um, I, I think there might be a point where, you know, they can have that conversation. Um, he's the guy that Biden should turn to and say, so what's all this about then? Um, there's that That's a great guy to have that conversation with Biden and brief him. <clears throat> so fingers crossed that happens. Um, with, with politics and UFOs staying separate, I always think of the visitors or, you know, they may be from here, but the others I'll say. Yeah. Um, they like we've said it several times through this whole conversation they're probably not going to be like us so for us to think of it in political terms is going to put us at a massive disadvantage if we want to think you know what does them come in here mean then we need to start thinking in very different ways that that reach across the aisle um or less reach across the aisle and more obliterate the aisle and, and just realize we're all on the same side and we're all one people um which feels very far away right now. Um, but for that reason, yeah, I would agree. Interim one-on-one politics and UFOs goes. It's just to end on the famous, is it Richard Nixon address to the United Nations that how different, uh, how small and petty our differences would appear if one day a race from another planet were to come in and we'd all kind of get together. And I know I'm butchering the quote, but yeah, it's that this is going to go way above politics, borders, different countries, cultures, societies, religions, you know, when the, the day finally comes that we find out what is going on, which I, I really do hope is sooner rather than later, folks. However, thank you for all your submissions. Apologies, we never got them on the original first two parts on the round table, but it was uh, amazing getting all those sent in. Keep your questions coming for Avi and Lou. I'll be recording those shows later this week and they'll be out within the next seven to 10 days. Um, Lou will be released later on this week. That would be the week of around the 22nd of January. And then the Avi interview should be out around the end of January after that as well, folks. Roundtable will be coming with Sean, Jeremy and Dan a few weeks after that, once we get the recording and dates all set up. And I'll be in a place to announce future guests pretty soon. Early February, I should have Danny Silva as the next guest after that as well. Just been speaking to Danny and sorting out dates as well. So you can start getting your questions over if you're listening to this for Danny, that would be appreciated. But folks, Dan, thank you very much for joining in, joining me on this late hour. Thank you. And thanks to all your listeners for sending in the the great submissions for Room 101. No, they've been great. There was a lot of really good stuff in there and hopefully a little bit of infotainment has kept people entertained and and educated uh, as we kick into 2021 and various states of lockdown, quarantines and, you know, unrest as it goes. Everyone, stay safe. Remember, keep looking up. You never know what you might see.